Hello, and welcome to another episode of Power From Pain, where we feature guests with inspiring stories that heal. I'm your host, Ilona Washington, and I'm honored to have on this show, Marcia Creedle, motivational speaker, author, and member of the best sorority in the world, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. How are you, Soror? I'm doing well, Soror, how are you? Great. I'm so happy we get to connect on this platform. You have a great story to share. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was so tempted to, you know, throw up the pyramid, but I'm going to be professional. I'm going to act like, you know. Is it professional to throw it up? I mean, I think we should. Like, okay. we have to show the viewers. Like, yes, but of course. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right. So, Sora, you're on here to um, talk to us about a relationship you had before your marriage, correct? Yes. And yes. how that relationship kind of sparked everything and has moved you into your purpose and how you're helping others heal mm -hmm. and find their purpose as well, right? Yeah. Yes. All right. So can you tell the viewers what happened? Sure, sure. Um, the first thing I want to say um, to the viewers is be careful what you ask for. Um, I know that um, when I first saw this, this I, I hesitate to call him a gentleman because I found out later he was not, but um, I picked him out for myself, sort of like what you do when you go to, um, when you go shopping, you see a pair of shoes, you pick them out, you're like, oh, I like these. But um, the, the sad thing is that I didn't pray about it. And so I had decided that it was time for me to, to move into another level of relationship because all my friends were, and I felt left out. And I thought, well, I'm gonna find me one too. And um, so I saw him, um, we worked for the same company. I saw him, I picked him out. You know, he looked good. He was nice and shiny and everything. But um, once we got really into the relationship, I found out that all that glitters ain't gold. And um, the relationship became one that um, entailed emotional and physical abuse. And, you know, I, I thought to myself, how in the world can I be in this type of situation? You know, I'm, I'm educated, um, I come from a good family, how is this happening? But that just really um, let me know that it can happen to anybody, no matter your race, your origin, your socioeconomic background, it can happen to anybody. And so of course, um, for me, I was embarrassed because I thought how, you know, like I said, how can this be happening to me? And so initially I wouldn't tell anybody. I just, you know, kept it all inside. And, and I, I just have to tell um, the listeners that when you keep things bottled up inside of you, it really starts to wear you down, not just emotionally, but also physically. You know, I started to not look like myself because I, I was just holding all of this in. It was always, you know, I was always worried about whether or not um, something that I said would trigger him. Um, I was worried about, um, you know, if I went somewhere, he, he was very jealous. You know, if, if someone just, it, it could be a 90 year old man in the store saying hello. And if I said hello back, then that could 
trigger something. And so I was always walking around on pins and needles. So Marcia, let me mm -hmm. let's back up a bit. So when you first saw him and he was nice and shiny and you went out a few times, mm -hmm. uh, what happened first, the emotional abuse or the physical abuse? The emotional. And what did that sound like? Um, it sounded like, um, where, where are you going? What, what, what is that you're wearing? You know, that's the first thing is, is to the physical appearance. You know, it's like, well, what, why are you wearing that? Why that doesn't look good on you. And so, you know, then it's like, well, let me go change. Cause I want to make him feel comfortable when we're out. And, um, it just kept escalating from there. Um, you know, the clothes I wore, the my hair, um, my weight, which he happened to know, especially with the weight part, was always an issue for me. And it's like they they find out that little thing and they dig in on it. So you um, were a member of the greatest sorority on earth, mm -hmm. college graduate. Um, good job. Mm -hmm. uh, you came from a good background. Both parents grew up with both parents in the home. Right. And none yeah. of that type of abuse going on in the home ever. So mm -hmm. what made you put up with it? Was it because your friends had someone too that you? Yep. And then I was also, I became embarrassed. Like how how could you let yourself get in this situation? And, you know, you're supposed to be smart. <laughs> you're supposed to know better. And it, it just, it, I think the biggest thing, um, one of the biggest things was the embarrassment because I, I know when I first started dating him, you, you know, when you first, you're like showing him, <laughs> I'm saying like, he's a toy. Like I said, showing him to all your friends and like, oh, look, I. I have someone now and isn't he handsome and all of this. And you just, um, I didn't want to go back and say, no, he's not the one. So did your friends like him? Well, I found out later that they didn't really like him, but they tolerated him because I was so into him. Did they give and you so, signs like, Hey girl, like, are you sure? Or Yes, that was, it's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And um, I have one girlfriend who's also a soror. She just said, Marcia, this, no, <laughs> no, it, no, this isn't right. And um, like I said, I think she could, you know, I have a, a pretty outgoing personality. I became um, withdrawn, um, not, interacting with people as much as I did before, not going places again, because I was always afraid something would trigger him. And I didn't, I definitely didn't want to get into um, an argument with him out in public, you know, because I'm like, how would that look? And um, I do have to say that the emotional abuse went on for, mm, probably four or five, maybe even six months. But I, I, I do have to say the physical happened one time. And I always tell people, you know, we, we 
grow up hearing people say, thank God I had a praying mother. But for me, that was truly true because um, that one time was just it for me. And um, so he hit you one time and happened physically once and then you left. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And it wasn't even, um, and not justifying what he did, but, and I'm, I'm just going to tell, you know, cause I'm transparent because I don't want anyone else to feel like they um, are alone and they don't have anywhere to turn. It was um, an incident. I had gone out to dinner with a friend um, and when I came home, because I had a glass of wine when I was out with my friend, I had been working all day and, you know, actually he was supposed to pick me up, didn't until my friend said, let's just go out and have dinner. And um, we did. And she, this is a different friend from my sorority sister, from our sorority sister. And she was an older lady and she just said, you know, Marcia, I can just see a change in you. And I just really want you to really think about, you know, what's going on and, and how you can, you know, handle things. And, um, and so, like I said, I had a glass of wine and when I got home, um, he arrived about 15 minutes after I got home and, and started um, immediately saying I had been with someone else you know, where was I, especially since I, he could smell the wine, you know, like it was just a glass, but um, he could smell it. And, you know, we just started arguing and me trying to explain to him, no, 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 I haven't been with anybody else. And um, he started choking me. And that was just, I'm like, what in the world? And um I, you know, of course, a natural instinct is to try to fight back. But then I just went limp. I just said, I'm not doing this. And um, because I, I didn't do what I had thought in my mind, I'll go, I'll say it out loud. <laughs> but I had decided that night that I, I said, I'm not taking this anymore. And if he goes to sleep, it will be the last time he goes to sleep picked out the knife and everything. And he would not go to sleep. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would not. It, and it's like I said, I, I really think my mother who I knew something wasn't right was praying his mother must have been because I, like I said, I had, I was just at that point. I'm like, you have been taking me down this dark path all, you know, for um, almost a year. And I'm just not going to take it anymore. Yeah. So when you go to sleep, I'll just, that'll be the last time. And he wouldn't. So, you know, I, I do thank God for not allowing him to go to sleep that night, or I wouldn't be here talking to you. I'd be in prison. I don't need any sorrows in jail. Right. <laughs> right. But, um, much work to do in, in yeah. outside in service. So, yes. yes. But, um, you know, it, and I can, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm not justifying people, you know, hurting someone else, but I, that night I really understood why, mm -hmm. because you, you know, it's like, I haven't done anything. I haven't been anywhere. Why am I having to always defend myself? 
um, against these ghost characters that you have come up with in your mind and I'm having to defend myself. And so um, I just, I, I thank God that I didn't. And the next day um, I called one of my aunties, my, my dad's sister, who I grew up next door to, which, you know, she was like a second mom, which is really great when you have your family so close. And I, I called her and I told her what had happened. And, but I also told her, you know, I'm embarrassed. I don't want to tell anybody else, but I just don't know what to do. And um, she told me, you have to call your parents. You, you have to let them know. Were you and, guys and, living together at the time? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you and moved so, in quickly. Yeah. Another red flag. Yeah. 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 So we can discuss the red flags after you finish your story. <laughs> yeah. And so um, my, my parents came up to get me. Um, I was living in Virginia Beach at the time and they came and, you know, um, to get me and um, I was able to recoup, recover and move on. So, um, and I'm glad and grateful for that. And that's when, you know, some other friends and family members started to tell me, well, I knew something wasn't quite right. And it, and it also goes back to, um, you know, people being equally yoked. It, 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 it they, really matters. It did matters. They, did they express specifically what it was because I've been in a similar situation I was actually married for 12 years in a similar situation and my daddy's a minister and he met him and he was like you know I love my son-in-law but once we divorced he was like I never liked him I'm like <laughs> yeah. we have started with that and he yeah. started to explain to me why did they explain to you why yeah just the um he would never um one thing is that I have a, a large family um, and we're all close. And he started to pull me back from them. That's the first thing, separating you from your family. The second, separating you from your friends. So getting you isolated. So you really do feel like you're just out there by yourself and there's no one to help you, no one to support you, no one to... Um, for you to be able to vent to, or, and, you know, so that, that was the big thing is isolation. The other thing is that when he was around, you know, cause sometimes I'd just be like, you know, I really want to go to this family cookout or, you know, birthday party or whatever. He would never really say anything. He wouldn't talk, you know, I mean, it, you know, Hey, how you doing? But it was like, he wouldn't have you know, deep conversations with people. And um, my dad later said, that's because the skeletons would fall out if he started talking too much. <laughs> so, you know, he, he didn't want to do that. Um, it was always, and the other thing, like I said, isolating, but it was okay for him to go with his friends, but not me. Another form of isolation, like he's got this support group, but I don't. So those were two big red flags that I wish I had paid more attention to. Um, but I, I do feel like I grew from it. You know, it, it made me look at things differently. Um, and, and again, this is old school, but it, there's something to be said for knowing someone's family. You know, my, 
who, who are your people? <laughs> what kind of relationships do they have? And his family's relationships were broken. So that should have been a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you left, you finally, you know, told your parents, what did healing look like for you? Um, it, it looked like a lot of self-reflection. Um, I also, again, in hindsight, I probably should have seen a therapist, you know, but black folk, we don't do that. <laughs> we, we used to not do that, but we yeah. did. Yeah, we, we'll do it more now. But back then, you know, you just didn't do that. So um, I, I wish that I had done that. But the self-reflection, um, the prayer, the um, time is another thing. You, you have to give yourself time to heal. And then, um, and I'm, I'm big on writing lists, but start writing down things that you, you um, would change, things you wish you hadn't done, things that you did, things that you wanna do in the future. So just, just look at it and say, okay, I should have really gotten to know him better. You know, I wish I had listened to that little voice in the back of my head. And now I do. <laughs> so, and and there's nothing, you know, we all we all go through things and and um I don't call them mistakes, I call them lessons. We all have lessons. And so from from that lesson, you should be able to um learn something and be able to move forward. And the other thing is not blaming yourself. We tend to do that is, you know, the self-blame. And, but like I said, it was a lesson. And I think um, for my marriage, it made it better for us because I knew the things that I wouldn't tolerate and um, the things that I needed to help me in, in, in my journey. And so I think all of those are important, you know, um, just, just being a, and and being transparent, not saying you have to tell everybody all of your business, but you you need to have someone around who's going to um, be that accountability partner and just say you you might want to rethink that. So these are all really good gems. Thank you for sharing. So um, you took your lessons, and now you're helping other women. Can you tell mm -hmm. them now? So with, with helping other women, um, I always have considered myself a, a good listener, but I, and again, this comes to that self-confidence piece. I'm, I'm like, well, who am I to, to share experiences or, you know, or lessons that I've learned? And um, the thing that there's one incident that just really helped me to recognize that the, the gift of listening and, and discernment and of wisdom, it is a gift. Um, and the, the thing that helped me realize that is um, about, it's probably four years ago, I was walking into work, running a little bit behind. So, you know, it's running, not, I wasn't running, but walking quickly. And I saw a, um, a coworker, and you know, out of um, habit, I was like, "Good morning, how are you?" 
And I really had intended to just keep walking, but because she said, I'm not doing well. And I thought, wow, you know, it took a lot for her to, to even say that because like I said, we're conditioned. If someone says, good morning, how are you? You just sort of, I'm doing well, how are you? But she said, I'm not doing well. And so that made me stop. And I stopped and said, well, you know, is there something I can help you with? You know, what's going on? And she shared some things um, with me that were going on. And so um, the first thing I did was ask her if I could pray with her. And we just stood out there, out like in the parking lot and we we prayed together. And, and you know, I gave her, you know, some, what I, I know why well, I even know now because she's told since told me I gave her some encouraging words. And then I also um, asked her if it was okay if I sent her some encouraging words later via email, you know, if it just because I didn't want to invade um, her, her privacy or make her feel uncomfortable. And she said, please do. And so it started with me. Um, sending her some encouraging words. And then she asked me if she could share what I had sent to her with um, another friend. And the the sharing of those um, inspirational um, little snippets, um, I would send them every, you know, sometimes it would be two, three days in a row. Sometimes it would be, you know, every other day, but I started sending those and sharing those with her and this group of women that grew to the point that um, it actually became part of my first book. And so I um, just, you know, not telling anybody what to do, but just talking through some of the things that we, we deal with so that people would know that they're not alone. You're not the only one who had to deal with that. And here are some strategies that we can use. Here's some, you know, um, I also started keeping a list of like therapists and, and, you know, just people, you know, groups in the area, because sometimes we don't even know where to look, where to begin to look. Mm -hmm. And I, I think having that resource helps as well. So that's how, and, and I just became more confident as I, I did that, you know, it's like people, um, I'm like the go, you know, do you have this resource? And I'm like, well, I don't right now, but I'll find one for you. If I don't know, I'll, I'll find someone. And so that's given me confidence to really walk in what I know God has destined for me to do. And, and, and that's to be a help to other women. You know what I absolutely love about that story? What? <laughs> I'm a marketer and um, I'm a publisher and, you know, I help people market <laughs> books and all of that stuff. But your start was accidental, but intentional, if you know. Yes. Yeah. And I just love that. You just <laughs> happen to help someone um, just email her and can I send it to this person and this person and this person and then they grew from there. That is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Do you still do the um the email messages? I do. I do a couple of things. I um I do um the emails. I have a, a Facebook live every Thursday called Thoughtful Thursday, and we just sort of talk about different things. Um, let's see, I have that. Oh, I do a prayer call now every Tuesday. So, it, and this is just for women and the guys get on me sometimes. They're like, well, when are you going to, but I'm like, I'm a woman and I know women's things. So, <laughs> but, um, so I do a prayer call. 
And um, I also have a podcast that I just started. So just trying to make sure that um, I'm, I'm just being, like I said, a resource. And, you know, on, on the podcast, we're, we're, um, the focus is really to talk about things that we don't typically talk about, you know, when you're at dinner, <laughs> but just, just so people can have that outlet. So, yeah, been doing, and I'm just really grateful, really grateful to God because it's all because of him. He gets all the glory. So that is great. And it, it definitely, it definitely was his touch because you didn't seek it. It found you. Yes. Yes. So I have, um, let's see, two, three, four questions. Okay. I ask all of our guests. So okay. let's start now. All right. Marcia, what, besides being a Delta, what is your superpower? My superpower is, um, can I have two? <laughs> I know you got more, but just give it two. So one of my superpowers is cooking. I love to cook. And that's also a great way to have conversations. Food brings out stuff in people. So that's one of my superpowers. And then the other one I would say is um, being a good listener. Um, I, I listen, I, I'm, I'm really good, I think, at that and not um, judging when I'm listening. I just, when people, and I mean, I meet people in the grocery store. My daughter's like, really, mom? But I meet people in the grocery store and <laughs> they just start talking to me and I just listen. So um, the, I think, yeah, those are my two superpowers, cooking and listening. That's a great superpower to have. A lot of people like to talk, but they feel listen. So you're in, at an advantage. <laughs> so what would you like to tell anyone who's gone through or is going through what you endured? Um, I would like to tell them, first of all, be encouraged. Um, secondly, don't be afraid to let other people know what's going on. Um, actually, I encourage you to let others know what's going on. Um, don't think it's your fault because it's not, it's not your fault. It's that person dealing with things that they have to deal with. So it's, um, it's not your fault. And, um, also know that there's somebody in your life that loves you unconditionally and you can go to that person and just let it all out. So um, don't, don't let somebody make you feel like you've done anything wrong. Find that person who loved you unconditionally. Um, seek help. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. And actually, I, I really encourage um, women to, to seek help and, and just let somebody know what's going on. Great answer. Thank you. Two more questions. Okay. Uh, so what is next for you? So um, I, when COVID is over, <laughs> I, I really um, want to travel. I used to say the country, but then God said the world. So I want to travel the world, sharing my story offering inspiration and encouragement and asking um, and also um, helping people 
create their own circles, their own, what I call sister circles, so that you can have someone that you can talk through. And because if you, if you get a group of women together, I guarantee you, one of them has gone through something that you're going through and they can tell their story, tell their journey. Um, so I, I think it's important that we have these circles um, located all over the country, all over the world, so that women know that there's a support for them and they know that there's somewhere they can go without judgment. And, and that's one of the things I'm really big on is that when people participate in our, um, our prayer call, it's called Boss Women Prayer Call, and that stands for Building Opportunity to Support Sisters. And so when we do that, whatever goes on in there stays in there. You know, you have to have that sacred place. So the next for me is being able to share um, this story and, and, and deposit something in women all over the world. Great. Great mission to have. And final question. Okay. When all is said and done with your time on this earth, mm -hmm. how would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered as someone who served. That's my focus. I'm, I'm here to serve. I, I want to serve um, anybody. In, anytime I come in contact with someone, I want to use it as a service opportunity because um, God has just been so good to me. I can't help but serve. And so that's how I want to be remembered. I want people to say that um, she went out of her way to serve others. That's a beautiful and selfless way. <laughs> like, that was amazing. I, I Thank love you. It. Absolutely Thank love you. It. So um, all the information, the resources that Marcia has, um, and the warning signs that we should be looking out for will be provided in the show notes. So I'm going to go ahead and close this out. Thank you so much, Marcia. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I can't wait to share your show with others. So you'll send me the link, right? Definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Let me say the outro here. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Power From Pain. If you have feedback on today's story, comment below or email me directly. I'd love to hear from you. Make sure to subscribe so you can join us again for another incredible story. And don't forget to subscribe to my email list for even more inspiration. Links and email addresses for the show and today's guests can be found in the show notes. Thanks again. Stay safe and be well.